Welcome to week three of Art of War. And we are talking about, and about how the Word of God teaches us to be equipped in spiritual battles that we face. And the Word of God does not teach that we will not have uh, opposition. Or why else would we need what we're teaching on, the armor of God? It implies that there will be warfare, that there will be hard days, that there will be struggles, there will be trouble, there will be opposition. And so week number one, we talked about the opposition that we face in the world, the world system, our flesh, and the devil. So I wanna encourage you, if you didn't hear week one, we talked about the devil, and we talked about a door being open for him. So if you haven't heard that message, I wanna encourage you to go back on YouTube and you can watch that. Also, week number two, we've been going through the, uh, the armor of God, and we have covered two, we're gonna be covering two pieces of armor a week, and we got some really stuff, really fun stuff planned for December, so I don't wanna give it away just yet, but I want you to come all month long to December. But week number two, we talked about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, that if we're gonna go into battle, we need to be wrapped up in the truth of God. And, and then we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, which in the easiest way you could say is the breastplate of right living. That when we live right, we protect our most vital organs, which is our heart. The Bible teaches us to guard our heart above all else, for it determines the course of our life. So I wanna encourage you, if you didn't listen to the last two weeks, go back on YouTube and get caught up a little bit. But if you didn't hear them, that's fine. We're gonna continue today, and uh, you're just gonna be completely lost the whole time. Ephesians chapter six that's a joke. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, not just pieces of it, not just parts of it. Pick up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Some of you are there right now, facing difficulty, having hard times, facing trials and tribulations. He says, when you're facing the evil day, have the full armor of God on, and having done all, to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the Readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Today we're gonna talk about the next two pieces of the armor of God. Everybody say shoes of peace. Now, a few uh, months ago, I... I have some friends, uh, believe it or not, I have some friends, <laughs> and uh, some of you are like, already lost me. No, I have some friends, and my brother, <laughs> he has to be my friend, because we're related, but a few of us went to uh, Nashville. I, I just love, if I could live in any city, come on, you know you love Nashville, Tennessee. It's one of the best cities in the nation, and, and, and so we went to Nashville, and just we, I flew out of Tupelo, if you've ever done that, that's a horrendous experience, but... I flew out of Tupelo, went to Nashville. It was like a 67-second flight. It was amazing. 
We get to Nashville, and while we're there, there's in the mall, I, I can't remember if it's the Opry Mill Mall, is that what that would be called or something? So there's a boot store in there, and I don't know if they're good boots. I don't understand boots. You guys are helping me, but like, I don't know if I get boots, understand boots, have ever bought a pair of boots, but we, like, cowboy boots is what I'm talking about, like real boots, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we go to the mall, and there's a deal going on that you can buy three pairs of boots for the price of one. That's a deal, I don't care if they're garbage or not. <laughs> three for one. So I was uh, very intrigued and I told him, I'm like, guys, I'm gonna get me a pair of cowboy boots. They're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm like, no, 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 I'm gonna do it. I pastor in Mississippi, the people will love it. So I, I, we go in and I start trying on cowboy boots and I'm like, I'm not here yet. I can't, I'm trying on, I got like camouflage ones on, I got red, white, and blue ones on. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I've tried every pair of boots on that, that, that I just, I wasn't ready. And you guys, can you just pray for me that I will wear cowboy boots? I wanna do it for, with all of you. I wanna be family, I wanna be connected. So anyway. We were there, and all of us have kids. All of us have kids. Well, they wouldn't buy boots, and I was too scared, and I was like, well, here, we have an idea. Let's buy boots for our kids. Let's buy boots. So we will all go in on one pair of boots and buy all of our children a pair of boots. That's a great idea. So we do that. So I bought Judah Paul, my little boy, who's six years old the other day, a pair of cowboy boots. Now, he already had a little bit of an affinity for cowboy paraphernalia. <laughs> and, uh, he loved the cowboy hat, and he's kind of already into it. But when I brought those cowboy boots home, it changed him. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture. I believe we got a picture of him. It has changed him. <laughs> that, my friend, look at this. Those cowboy boots, they changed him. I mean, I don't even know who I'm raising anymore. <laughs> Miss Lindsay and Jason, who is our assistant, helps our family with our schedule and our life. They bought him that new cowboy hat the other day, and, and he came in and he gave Lily the old black one that he had, and he said, now Lily, my new one, it's way more breathable, so I'm gonna keep this one. I'm like, who is this kid right now? So that's him. That's him. That's, that's, I guess, my son. I don't know. You guys are accepting him more than you've accepted me. I can tell by this. But my, my point is, the moment he put those shoes on, it changed his flow. It changed his attitude. It changed his confidence. It changed the way he walked. It changed everything because he had these certain particular shoes on. Paul is writing to us and letting us know that in warfare, every detail matters. And when you're in spiritual warfare, you need to wear the right shoes. And Paul is letting them know that if you put on the right shoes, you may not be wearing a cowboy hat, but if you wear the right shoes, it would change the way, you, the way you interact, the way you battle. 
You'll walk differently. You'll have more confidence. It, it will change. So, so Paul's letting them know, don't go to battle barefoot. You need to go, what he says, in the shoes of peace. Now, in that time, the shoes that the Roman centurions would wear had nails through them. And they would actually be, they would, they would probably be about, some say a fourth of an inch, some would, be, some would say an inch, that, that they would walk on wearing those shoes and those nail prints. In fact, if you go to Israel today, there are people that say in the Roman uh, or the Jerusalem area of the cobblestone streets, you can see where the, the, the stone still has imprints from the many soldiers that have walked on those stones. So these shoes were not only a weapon, if, if ever fought in battle, they were thought of more so as a pair of cleats. They helped with mobility and stability. That the shoes that they would wear would keep them stable and also give them some agility and some grip when they needed to move. So they had the power and the assistance to advance on the enemy while at the same time have the ability to stand firm. That when battle was going on, their, their, their cleat-type shoes would sink into the earth and whatever the assailment, whatever the enemy could be bringing against them, they were able to stand against anything their enemy brought to them. Ephesians chapter six says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against, uh, stand in the evil day having done all to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Over and over and over, Paul's letting us know that we gotta stand. A recent report from one study uh, said that between 26, hear me, 26 to 42 million people raised in Christian homes will disaffiliate from, from Christianity by 2050. We're talking about standing firm today. 26 to 42 million people who grew up in the house of God, heard sermons like you're hearing today, went to kids' ministry like your kids are going. The studies are saying, the trend is showing that in the year 2050, up to 42 million people will no longer affiliate themselves with Christianity. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Another study says that 1,500 pastors quit the ministry every single month. 1,500 pastors. All over the nation, there's about 450 to 500,000 churches in the United States. 1,500 pastors quitting, failing, giving up, whatever you wanna call it, walking away from the ministry. Can I just tell you today, I know I'm a pastor, so I don't wanna sound subjective here, but hear me today for just a moment, that the enemy is trying to take out the leaders of the church. 
And if there's anybody you need to pray for, it's for every pastor in this region, every pastor in our nation, and believe God, because we need to keep moving forward in the kingdom. I don't wanna get off topic, but I was thinking about it this morning that in the month of October, that during that Halloween season, there are witches and there are warlocks who pray against pastors specifically. In fact, for those 30 days, a man told me who is connected to that world told us that people will fast to the devil and will speak affairs over pastors, greed over pastors, their children to die, their wives to be sick, for them to get cancer. I'm telling you, the devil is real. And if we need to pray anything right now, it's that we all stand firm in the day of trial and fire and evil. In surveys conducted in 2018 and 2019, uh, this survey found that 65% of Americans describe themselves as Christians. A 12% decline over the past 10 years. In 10 years, 12% of people walking away that are saying in these studies that I no longer consider myself a Christian. This is why we gotta have the right shoes on. That we gotta be, we gotta have some sense of grip about us that in days of difficulty, that we are, we're, we're stable. We're not, we're not being shaken. As, as Paul said, by any wind of doctrine, we're stable. Am I talking to anybody? And when you look around, people are easily slipping, slipping in their praise, slipping in their devotion, slipping in their prayer life, slipping in their church attendance. I, I think I can even say there's probably been times in my own life, and I, I don't even want to say probably, I'm confident that there have been times in my own life where I've slipped and lost ground. But according to the word of God, we have to take up every piece, put on those shoes of peace. 1 Corinthians 15 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. I love that line. Even when I was studying it this week, I was so stirred by that line. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The book of Hebrews, Pastor Aaron taught me this verse that I love it, that it says that we are not like those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are destroyed when we shrink back that I believe the church is in a position that we have to start coming to the understanding that, that when the going gets tough, the tough get going, and whatever the enemy is trying to do to our world, our church, our faith, or our society, we will stand firm and let nothing move us. I'll take a little more, I'll take a little more. Because right now, I think we're letting culture move us too much. 
and letting the news move us too much and letting what mama said move us too much and letting what the doctor said. But no, no, he said, let nothing move you in this season, 2022. What if you put on the shoes of peace and said, nothing's gonna move my mind, my faith, my praise, my worship, my devotion. As for me and my house, we are going to worship, sir, I feel like preaching, I don't know why. Serve God. Come on, somebody give God a big praise. He calls it the shoes of peace. Peace is a calm and tranquility of the soul amid difficult circumstances. Psalms 29, 11 says, the Lord gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with peace. Philippians chapter four, verse seven says, and the peace of God, I love this verse, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice, what, notice that God gives this peace. That the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it. He gave me this peace that despite what's happening around me, I'm stable in peace. Have you ever been there when you're just facing something and you think, why do I got so much peace right now? Am I talking to anybody? And when the devil just seems to be rocking your family around, how do I got peace, you know? God says when I give peace, when I give it, when I give peace, human intelligence cannot understand it, cannot comprehend it. When I give peace, it's greater than anything that the world can ever give. You can have no money, but if you got peace, uh, you don't even have to have a husband, but if you got peace, you, you don't have to have a friend in the world, but you can still have peace. He said, Peace will keep me, make me stable, put me on those shoes that keep me strong. And I feel peace when the, when the enemy is rocking my life. I feel peace. Paul is letting us know that when I'm in warfare, this is so big. When I'm in warfare, when I'm in a wrestling match, I can still have peace. I don't have to be worked up. I don't gotta post on Facebook in a random fury mess of anger. I'm at peace. Well, what about what the, no, no, I'm at peace. What, what are you gonna, well, you should, I would get on the phone and I'd tell her right now. <laughs> no, I'm at peace. That's, that's, that's not easy peace, but that's peace that if he gives it, you can just stand strong. I remember one time, I was doing a, a funeral service of a girl that was 16. And the mother came up in line and, you know, and I was expecting, I've done a lot of different funeral services and uh, all kinds of stuff you can imagine just being raised in ministry your whole life. You've seen a lot of different stuff and dad being a pastor and me being, a, and just, just so many things. And I, I remember expecting some of the hardest funerals I've ever been a part of are children. And, or very unexpected deaths, but children are horrible because no one expects that. And she was 16 years old and the mother came up and she said, Pastor, 
I said, what's that? She goes, I just feel peace. I know she's in a better place. And I feel so calm right now. We're probably 30 seconds from closing the coffin. And she said, I feel, I feel peace. And we closed the coffin and I oftentimes, one of my things I do, I like to be in there for the closing. If there's anybody in there, family, mother, I always stay. And I've watched many coffins close for the last time while everybody's getting in their cars and I'm sitting there with the mother, watching the mother, because normally that's the point. That's the point. And I watched that mother shake her head like this. And it reminded me of that story or that scripture in the Bible that says that we are not like those who have no hope. We got peace. And I watched that mother put those shoes on. When grief could have got her, anger could have got her, bitterness could have got her, but she just stood there and said, I got peace today. I got peace today. When God gives us peace, it passes all understanding. Isn't that good news, church? The second one I want to cover today is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Ephesians 6, 15 says, and as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. So they would take these shields. I think I have something over here. Yeah, here we go. They, they would take these shields Again, uh, we just know people at the police department. <laughs> That's why we keep doing stuff. Other pastors would have stuff that looks like the Roman replicas. I'm like, no, we live in Columbus. We got what we need. <laughs> they would take their shields, and there was different types of shields, and I really don't have time to go through it, but one of the shields they had was a little, what they called a prayed shield. It was really small, and they used it in a prayed when they were um, not in, in battle. They would, they would wear this little shield as a prayed, or in a prayed. And I just, I, I, I know this isn't in my notes, but let me just say this. Now is not the time to try to impress people <laughs> with your faith. This is a time that we're in real warfare and he says, pick up, the, pick up the shield of faith, and it would protect them from rocks or darts. It was the first line of protection against the enemy. Now, Rick Renner, who I've been reading through this series, uh, pastors in Moscow, he's actually a, um, a missionary that we support, his, his church, or he has an international ministry. Many of you have probably heard him or read him, uh, many of his books. He's talking in regards, I was listening to him or reading some of his material in regards to the shield of faith. And what I didn't know was that when you were enlisted in the Roman army, which is what Paul's making the correlation with for the people of Ephesus, he says you would take the shield and you would be measured. They would measure you. So if I were enlisted versus David, who when we would... And we would get into the army. Well, we're different height, we're different width. And so what they would do is they would bring you in and they would measure you top to bottom, side to side, 
And they would say, okay, now this is your shield measured for you. Now that brings me to scriptures like Romans chapter 12, I believe verse three. The Bible says that he has given each of us the measure of faith. So what he's saying is, is that when you come into battle, you are measured for that battle. When he says that you have been, you've been given a measure of faith, what that means is that before you were born, you were measured for every trial you would face, every setback you would experience, your mother dying at an early age, the cancer scare you would have when you were in your 40s, your son failing this marriage in your 50s. He knew all that was coming, and so what he did, he gave you all the faith you need to fight in the battles that you will experience. So you don't gotta say, God, I need more faith. No, you got faith, just pick up the shield, because everything you need, you already are equipped for. Is that helping anybody? That's why the Bible says that Jesus said, have faith in, have faith in God. Many people have faith in different things, right? Many people have different faith or faith in different things. In fact, I'll tell you this, you already got faith in something. You got faith in, in something and you gotta determine is the faith that you have, is the thing you have put your faith in really gonna keep you safe? Is the economy really gonna keep you safe? You think the government's really gonna keep you safe? You think, well, people, you, think your, you think your social status gonna keep you safe? That's why Jesus said have faith in God because faith will keep you, keep you safe. Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I'll put it like this, this is one of my favorite quotes, Pastor Tony Evans says it like this, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. How good is that? Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. The Bible teaches that as Christians, we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by our feelings. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. Am I helping anybody? Ephesians 6 says, and as shoes, let me read this again, for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, verse 16, in all circumstances, every circumstance, there's not one that you don't pull the shield of faith on. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, I want you to stay with me for a moment. Now, during that time, warfare was a little different. Now, we are very, we are very uh, advanced in warfare today, but at the time, warfare wouldn't be like we know it now. And they would use arrows, like we see in the movies or something like that, they would take arrows and they would shoot them. It'd be long-range warfare. That, that was the best they could do. But as they begin to advance in technology, what they begin to do was hollow out the arrows. This is from the enemy army. 
They would hollow out the arrows and put flammable liquids on the inside. At the end of the arrow, they would often have some sort of fabric that they would catch on fire. And when that arrow would hit the opponents, whether it be their shield or them, it would actually explode in some small explosion and that flammable liquid would catch the shield on fire, the person on fire. And the thing is about the arrow, not all of them were fiery darts. You didn't know what you were hit with until you were hit with it. I want you to hear me today. Sometimes we don't know what's really hit us until it hits us. You just think it's one phone call, but that one phone call from an individual can bring a lot of offense and anger and brokenness and bitterness, and you didn't know how bad it was until it hit you, and it can busted, creating more problems. You thought it was just one doctor's visit. But when you got back from the doctor, you realized that you had this negative report and inside that hit was fear and anxiety and questioning and wonder. We oftentimes don't know what hits us till it's too late. And most theologians believe when Paul is speaking of these fiery darts from the enemy, these flaming darts, he's referring and speaking to our Opposition of doubt, deceit, discontent, discontentment, fear, and what the Roman soldiers would do, what the Roman soldiers would do is that they would take their shields in order to fight against the fiery darts of the enemy, they would take their shields and they would put up to eight levels of leather fabric, like just a leather hide on top of the shield. And they would take that shield and they would put all of those things of leather on it. And then then they would take the shield every day, before battle I should say, they would take the shield and they would dip it in water. And they would do it over and over until the leather became drenched. I'm getting water all over me right now until it became drenched, that whenever the enemy would hit the shield, it would extinguish anything they tried to do. So I need you to hear me today that when you go to church, you're not just going to church. That when you come hear a sermon, you're not just going to hear a sermon. When when Pastor Tyson and the team are singing, you're just not hearing a worship song. It's like your faith is being dipped. It's almost like your heart's being encouraged. It's almost like your prayer life is strengthening and the enemy wants to hit you, but when you've been sitting in the presence of God, it doesn't matter. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Why do you go to church? Why do you do that? Why do you pay your tithes? Why do you read your Bible? Because he is my hiding place. I gotta hide from what the enemy's trying to do to my family and my children and my kids. I'm building my faith. Jesus told Peter, he said to him, he said, the enemy is coming to sift you as wheat. 
Remember that? And he said, and I prayed for you. Well, what'd you say, Jesus? Tell the devil to get away? No, Jesus said, I prayed your faith wouldn't fail. That no matter what the enemy brings your way, your faith doesn't have to fail. In closing, I'll say this, and hopefully I don't fall while I'm saying it. Every, every single day, because of all of the water that was on that leather, they would dip that in the leather every day, or before battle, they would dip that over and over, making the, the, the shield much heavier. And so after battle, it would dry out, and the leather would begin to crack. And so every single day, they would do the, the same thing. This was every morning. The Roman soldiers would get up, and again, theirs had leather, and they would take what they call, or what they had was a little bottle of oil. And they would take the little bottle of oil every day, and they'd put it on that shield, and they would lubricate that leather just to keep it pliable. Because over time, it could begin to crack, and in the fiery darts of the enemy, it wouldn't be as effective. So what they had to do was, is the same thing we have to do, is every single day, get into his word, get into his Holy Spirit, get into that anointing, and say, Holy Spirit, help me today. Lead me today. I know the enemy's gonna try to hit my family, but I pray, I plead the blood of Jesus over my son and my daughter. I know you're faithful to me. I'm gonna open that Bible. I'm gonna say what you want me to say. I'm gonna do what you want me to do. And like David said, you anoint my cup. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I don't know what the enemy's trying to do to me, but if I can stay in his presence and keep dipping that shield and keep building my faith and keep anointing myself, getting in his word and getting in his presence, it doesn't matter what the devil brings my way. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. I've come to tell you today, never lose your oil. I don't know what has come to your house. I don't know what's gotten difficult, but I've come to tell you today, never lose that spiritual edge. Never lose that prayer life. Never lose that anointing that says, God, I get up this morning and I worship you and I fight for you and I defend my faith for you. I need the oil every day. Your family needs the oil every day. Renewed spirit. A renewed mind. I'm just gonna be honest with you. You, you can't fight the devil and spiritual adversaries coming against your soul coming to church once every five weeks. Are you, are you oh, come on, am I talking at 9 a.m.? How are you gonna dip your shield? How, how are you gonna get that anointing oil on you when you're deciding to open the word or to listen to a podcast once every month? We are living in a time where the hot gotta get hotter because the cold is getting colder. And I don't know what has hit your house, 
divorce, fear, anxiety, stress. And it has come and you don't know, you didn't even expect it to turn out the way it did. It's almost like it hit your house and it exploded. Now no one's talking to each other. And, but the only way you're gonna be able to do it is what the Bible teaches. Put on that belt of truth. Wrap yourself in the truth of God's word. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Live right before him and protect your heart. Put on the shoes of peace to give you stability, to give you grip that, no, we ain't going nowhere. You ain't chasing me out of this. I've come too far. God's blessed me too much. Pick up the shield of faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. I pick up that shield. I walk into every circumstance. He says in every circumstance. Pick up that shield of faith. Dip that shield of faith. Oil that shield of faith. I'll tell you this. I don't know if you're like me, but when you, you know, Thanksgiving's this week, right? And uh, I like turkey a particular way. I like turkey drenched in oil, deep fried, straight from, almost like it came straight from the pits of hell itself. <laughs> That's how I like it. I don't like baked and dry and Mom and dad raised me right to eat bad and to die early. <laughs> but have you ever had a turkey that was so dry? You're like, I hate everything about this experience. You're eating the turkey, you're like, I hate you, and I hate you, and I hate your mama. <laughs> but have you ever had a piece of turkey that was deep fried? anointed by the Holy Ghost and power. Here's the thing. Here's my point. If you've ever had turkey with oil, you would never go back to no oil again. If you've ever had faith with oil, you would never want to go back to a life of faith without oil again. If you've ever been in a church service that had some anointing in it and some power flowing in it, you would never want cold, dead, dry religion again. Let's oil our faith. Let's strengthen ourselves. Let's go as he told Gideon in the strength that you have and whatever comes against you, greater is he that is in you than it than he that is in the world. Do you believe that today, church? Come on, give God a big praise all over this room. Will you stand with us all over the room today? I want to just pray with you that the, that the fiery darts that are coming. They're, it's not a possibility. You know, I just quoted the verse a moment ago that says that, that 
no weapon formed against you. Does it, it says that it won't prosper, right, Carl? But it never says it won't form. Never says it won't form. The Bible is letting you know today, this is coming if it hasn't already come. And when it comes, our prayer is today, together as a church, that we will build our faith in a way that when those darts come to our house, knock on our door, show up at our church, whatever it may be, it will never be able to prosper. It will never be able to finish its work. It will never be able to fulfill its destiny. It will never be able to get to your life and to your heart and to your mind. What a promise from God. With eyes closed all over the room, if you're in the room today and you say, I need faith. I need faith. I need peace and I need faith. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand and say, just help me. Thank you for hands. Thank you for hands. Thank you. All over the room, I need faith and I need peace. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for every home, for every teenager, for every family member, for every person in our church. I pray their faith won't fail. I, as Jesus prayed over Peter, I pray their faith won't fail. I pray that victory come over their life, victory in their mind, victory in their finances, victory in their home. Come on, I believe God's doing it today in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it today, give God a big praise.